actually had to close the book and I walked away and I'm looking at the book and I said, that's it now, I'm done. And it actually took me two days to go back. It's kind of like when Sarah Paulson came out a little bit later age and Holly Taylor coming out in later age. Mm -hmm. No one was surprised. <laughs> <laughs> but there's literally no connection to that at all. We just know that she's really horny. <laughs> you must no you have to have. You're listening to season two of What Would Sappho Say? Follow us on our weird and wonderful journey as we read and review as many sapphic novels as we can. Hi everyone, welcome back to What Would Sappho Say? I'm Ali. Um, we're on, this is the first episode of season two. <laughs> uh, Lena is here with me today. She's currently, she has her eyes closed. Um because it has been a while since <laughs> since I did an episode and I have stage fright. <laughs> you you can open them now. Hello everybody. <laughs> that was so weird. It took me ages to to like hit record. I like have the jitters. Um also side note, the hay fever is rampant at the minute, so if I keep sniffling. So what are we doing? We're reading a book. The book? Well, you're the... reading it. I don't. I haven't read it. Oh, yes. Fun fact. Lena, <laughs> Lena does not know. Uh, she hasn't read the book. She. Do you know what book we're doing? Did I tell you? Um, I think it's Forbidden Peaches. Uh, well, close. But it's Georgia Peaches and Forbidden Fruit. <laughs> oh, other Forbidden <laughs> Fruits. <laughs> forbidden Peaches. That's something else. <laughs> forbidden Peaches. Oh my god, that sounds like a really good like strip club or something. <laughs> I'm just gonna coming up with names on the fly apparently. Well, if we ever want to open a strip club together or like some kind of raunchy sapphic bar, we'll call it <laughs> Forbidden Peaches. <laughs> but no, today we're doing um Georgia Peaches and Other Forbidden Fruits by J. Robin Brown. Um, Lena hasn't read the book and I did this for a reason. It wasn't by accident and I didn't want to be lonely on my first episode. Um, it was for a reason. So the book covers um, the topic of like being queer um, versus like being uh, religious and like religion and how it connects to because some people are queer and religious and some people are queer and don't like religion and everywhere else in between and it tackles a lot of that and I was raised Catholic obviously because I live in this country no we're not we're not ruled by religion anymore but when when I was the age of the people in this book I was and Lena also has um really heavy ties to religion and I wanted to get her opinion on the story in general because I had some uh, mental conflict with it Um, I wasn't sure how I felt about it Um, not the story or like the book itself or the writing Um, I'll get to that but it was it, it's mainly just the being queer and being religious thing I wanted to get her un, un biased opinion because like reading the book you get to know the characters and the story and so on and so forth and you can become a little bit attached to the story so you don't really want to say anything too negative about it so I wanted an, an unbiased opinion from you if um you would be so kind um, it'd be my pleasure <laughs> I'm like asking somebody to come on and do an episode when they haven't read the book like the neck of me also 
another side note. It's very warm in this country at the minute, which means there's a lot of parties being had outside. So if there's any noise, it's rarely teenagers. So, my apologies. <laughs> I'm getting to that age now where I'm like, oh, noisy fuckers. <laughs> so, yes. Get off my lawn! <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, Georgia Peaches and Other Forbidden Fruits. You were actually the one that recommended this book to me. Well, you what sent it? you sent it to me. Yes. Oh, I don't remember that. But <laughs> I am always scouting for other sapphic recommendations. So yeah, Lena's like my unofficial co-host slash business partner in this endeavor, because she's always sending me <laughs> books and stuff, and then I just rope her into doing all the episodes with me. So <laughs> I have fun. Well, I'm glad. That's what we're here <laughs> for. So I'm gonna read the synopsis. And I want you to give me your two cents just based off of that. And then I'll give you the information in the same way that I would give our listeners the information. Sounds good. Fabulous. So it says, Joe has been out and proud for years, but when her radio evangelist father remarries and moves the family to small town Rome, Georgia, he asks Joe to lie low in the hopes that it will help him and his new wife settle in, and Joe reluctantly agrees. Once she rebrands herself a straight girl, everything comes more easily for Joe. That is, until she meets Mary Carlson, the oh-so-tempting sister of her new friend at school. But Joe couldn't possibly think of breaking her promise to her dad. Even if she's starting to fall for the girl, even if there's a chance, Mary Carlson might be interested in her too. Lord of mercy, Joe's in for one hell of a year. So basically her, she moves to small town Georgia and her dad, who's a reverend, asks her to keep her gayness on the DL, basically. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's, it's an interesting concept in the sense of like, she has a parent who knows who she is and mm-hmm. at least it seems like he accepts her um but then wants her to kind of hide that part of herself yeah. um so i think that's interesting uh in in my experience um so i'm, I'm colombian and i was born in colombia and uh, i was raised catholic but my mom wasn't overtly catholic until we came to the united states then she kind of became um what's that called a fanatic and so she's very very religious and she found out I was gay I did not come out to her she found out and she decided she did not like that (laughs) so she tried to change it uh with every single uh way that you can think of trying to pray the gay away um it was not successful (laughs) <laughs> Except in making really? me walk sh- back straight into the closet. That yes, was, that was that was what happened, and then I dated a man for six years, and so um, <laughs> before I I started dating women and coming out publicly at twenty four, um, and so it's interesting to think about it in that sense. You know, my mom, it was never a type of thing where my mom was like, "I know you're like this, and you need to hide that." It was more of like, "You aren't gay." yeah it's not real it's not yeah it was like you have been tempted by the devil everyone gets tempted like that and Mm. you are just being weak by not fighting that temptation so um i'm fine with that (laughs) suits me (laughs) (laughs) 
um so it's it's i i don't know from experience what it would feel like to have a parent who somewhat accepts you but then asks you to hide that part of yourself yeah. especially in, in order to make his relationship work better and and his ability to settle into a new environment better um yeah. it seems a bit it seems a bit selfish at least in at least to me but i mean i'm yeah. not as selfish as having a parent who completely refuses to acknowledge that yeah. you're gay yeah and i should mention that it's his third wife so oh joe's mom passed away and then her his dad her, his dad her dad got remarried and then yeah. that woman was just in it for the money. Um, and then he remarried this woman, Elizabeth, who Joe just calls three. <laughs> because, oh, gotcha. Because <laughs> she's the third wife. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he he's a reverend, but he doesn't like operate from like church or anything. He mm-hmm. runs a radio show, like a religious radio show is basically how he does his sermons. And so he's seen as pretty progressive. And for all intents and purposes, when they lived in the town that she's actually from, she was allowed to be gayer than a row of pink tents at a Lady Gaga concert. And she had this best friend. She has a best friend, Dana, who is mildly stereotypical. She's like, very butch, very like flirty and very horny, kind of. And actually, in the book, Joe describes her as Dana thinking she's like Shane from the L word. From the L word. Yeah, yeah so, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, So it gives me those kind of vibes. But I just wasn't sure if this... ah, Because the way it happens, like it says in the synopsis, is when Joe, in quotation marks, straightens herself out, um, mm. she gets her hair cut, she has a makeover, she wears different clothes, like joins a church group from school and like a youth group. Um, everything starts happening like really easily for her. She like gets friends really quickly, like off the bat. Um actually her yeah. best friend in it, um uh oh my god, why can't I remember his name? Excuse me. Oh my god, I'm gonna have to go find this name. BTB, that's his name. He's so cute. And the town goes around talking about him like there's something wrong with him. But I think he's maybe autistic or something. Um it's not um said in, in in it. Um but that's the kind of vibe I get. Love him though. But um she gets friends really quickly and like everything just flows for her really like easily and it, it irked me a little bit in a way because I was like, I understand the story and it probably happens and uh, it's important to tell those stories but it just felt weird that it was like everything was so positive because she was straight st- straight presenting um but I just couldn't I couldn't quite sit with it and be like yes I like this because I wasn't sure if I was like I think I was a bit upset with it because I was like why are we telling that story but the more I like read it obviously by the time I finished the book I wasn't upset with it anymore. But originally when I started reading it, I was a bit like, oh, I don't know how I feel about this because like everything seems so great and fluffy now that she's like a fake straight person, which is obviously the case. And especially in uh, a really small like rural town in Georgia. 
Yeah, I mean, from my experience going back in the closet, because when I when I was out it, I was 17. So I was still in school. Um, and when I went back in the closet and I started dating the the guy that I dated for, for six years, um, things externally did seem easier. Uh, but internally, I don't think I've ever been more miserable. <laughs> yes. Um, and it was interesting because, I mean, I did not live in a small town. I, I, I lived in, in Homestead, which is just like 30 minutes south of Miami. Um, but, it's, and it was like a large population. But interestingly enough, it was actually, in, I went to two high schools and um, both of the high schools that I went to, my friends were the ones that were accepting of of like my sexuality and and even though I was dating a man or a guy in my second high school there was still people picking up on the fact that I was gay and calling me out on it and they they didn't push me out of the closet but (laughs) they did tell me that I needed to kind of like stop playing playing the games that I was playing because I clearly had feelings for for girls and I was dating a guy and all of these things and so um but yeah they were they were more they were more upset with me for not being true to myself than because I was gay. So that was, so that was pretty interesting. But, yeah. But yeah, my life did change when I went back in the closet and um, yeah, it became a bit easier and I was yeah. kind of well known uh, in school and stuff, but. Because uh, she was popular. Yeah. I was not popular. <laughs> no, I was, well, excuse me. More, there was people that were a lot more popular. Than popular me. to me is just having friends. guys I didn't have any so (laughs) Lena in my eyes is very popular (laughs) I I was not just just in case anybody if ever what like listens to this podcast that knew me in school they're they're not gonna think that I was lying they liked her she was popular (laughs) that's fine I'm just gonna go with it um oh I had a point and then it fell out of my brain Oh yeah, um, you were saying that internally you felt nasty. Um, yeah. There's moments in the book where Joanna is kind of happy enough to be comfortable, mm-hmm. um, and fitting in really easily. Um, yeah. it seems back home, um, she only really had Dana as a friend, who's her best friend from back home, but she kind of liked it a little, and I suppose she was constantly even though she was allowed to be out back home she still was very wary um whereas now she didn't have to be at all and it seemed like yeah. she was kind of enjoying kind of enjoying the comfortability of that um mm-hmm. which is i was and i knew it wasn't going to happen but uh you know like all of the trauma that we've gone through watching queer tv and having queer characters on television i was a little bit concerned that by the end of it she'd be like oh actually I think I'm just straight and I was like oh my god please don't let that be a thing <laughs> now it wasn't going to happen and I knew that um yeah. but it was just one of those like things where I was like oh god like this has happened before my nerves are valid and justified but um that's kind of where I was a little bit like Whoa. um go on well I think that like there is so there's there's a bit of safety that you feel when you're able to fit into what other people expect of you. Yeah. Especially for me, it was my my mom. Like, um, she wasn't happy about the guy that I was dating either, but at least it was a guy. And, yes. you know, there was like a point where 
even though she didn't agree, she wasn't necessarily going to do anything about it because, you know, at least her little girl wasn't gay anymore. And so, or was, was proving that she wasn't gay. Yeah. And so there was a bit of safety in that and a bit of comfort in that. And like, I didn't have to stress out the way that I was stressing um, mm. before that. Where, where I felt like at any moment I was going to be found out and I was going to, yeah. you know, go through the worst time of my life, which did happen. Um, but I was terrified of it happening ever, ever again. And so it took me ages to be able to get to that point where yeah. I was like, you know what, actually, yeah, I am, I am gay and I have been gay. It, I mean, a, a lot of, a lot of years, but the feeling of safety definitely um, does not change how heavy and how sad you feel inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether you admit it to yourself or not is a you know a completely different story because it also comes with maturity and understanding yourself and being able to kind of um, unravel what parts of you are actually you and what parts of you are the ones that you've been taught that you have to have or you have to be. Um, and so, so yeah, there was, there was safety in being who my mom wanted me to be, but there was definitely no no internal peace you can definitely tell just from the way you're talking that you've been studying psychology (laughs) (laughs) well yes it's very clear i didn't even think i was that's you can just tell by the wording of your like obviously you sound like you've done a lot of internal work but the wording that you use is very much somebody who's studied psychology but just off of one of the things you just said there the whole point of this book, other than the hiding your sexuality thing, the plot pusher is that she meets Mary Carlson, who's BTB's sister. Also, yeah. what a name. Um, <laughs> Mary Carlson, Jesus Christ. Um, but she meets her and they, Joe can kind of tell she might be fruity. Um and they end up getting really close and Mary Carlson is actually the first one to be like I like girls I like you let's do it kind of thing Um, now she's a bit more poetic than I am but you know yourself <laughs> um, but the the main thing is that Mary, they're both very religious and they're both like super involved in their faith and in their religion um, but they are, and because Joe has gr- grown up with a reverend who's very, um, open-minded and a bit more, um, progressive than you would imagine, um, she doesn't have the same connections to, um, like, God doesn't like me this way or God doesn't want me to be this way. She thinks of it the opposite, that if God made her like that, then that's the way God wants her to be. And that's yeah. Mary Carlson's view on it as well. And so they're both involved in like youth groups and church groups and all of that sort of thing. And Joanna actually makes um, a podcast or an, an, uh, another radio show where she gives her view of faith and, and society in the eyes of somebody who's like a teenager in their last year of of um is it high school why can i never remember this yeah high school grant yeah yeah, Yeah. i I can never remember i'm so ignorant i'm so ignorant in my own country Um, but mary carlson is very like 
<laughs> if you heard a grunt, uh, that was Lena's cat. She has joined us today. <laughs> if not, if you didn't hear it, then just ignore what I just said. Um, <laughs> but Mary Carlson is very like hard headed and she's ready to come out and she has fallen in love with Joanna supposedly and because of that she wants to tell her parents and her family and her friends and she wants to be herself and she's like I don't want to keep this secret anymore I can't handle it I don't like it I want people to know who I am and I want to be myself and whatever Joe, on the other hand doesn't want to disappoint her dad so mm -hmm. she pretends that the reason she doesn't want to come out is because she's afraid that her family won't accept her Mm -hmm. so she hasn't told Mary Carlson the real reason she do Mary Carlson doesn't thinks that this is the first time Joanna has really accepted her her uh, feelings and her attraction mm -hmm. to women and so mm -hmm. she she basically lies and is like oh I'm I'm just not ready instead of saying oh I'm not I've been out for donkeys but I just can't say anything because my dad doesn't want me to. So she she's not honest about that. And so she does the whole, oh, I'm too afraid to tell my family. And so Mary Carlson is very like, oh, I understand. But she is desperate to come out. And so she's like, okay, well, I want us to come out um after Thanksgiving. And so she puts a deadline on it and is like, I want us to be out at this point. I like Mary Carlson, but she's a bit intense. Through the whole thing, she's very like, on it. As soon as she got what she wanted, she was off like a fucking rocket. She's gone. Mm -hmm. You couldn't gave her an inch and the bitch took a mile. Um and like if if that was if I was dating somebody like that, I'd be like hot sweats like all the time. Um and so yeah, she Joanna like sort of lies, doesn't correct her um when they have that conversation, um, and still continues to reap the benefits of um presenting as a as a straight woman and actually has a fake boyfriend not boyfriend type thing she's like oh mm -hmm. we're 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 not dating we're not really official but like we're together all the time kind of thing mm -hmm. um i assume that was the thought process i don't really know um but like <laughs> i didn't do those things in school um so that's that's another thing that i was like oh why would you do that so here's my question for you. Do you think Joanna should have or is morally sort of obligated to tell Mary Carlson the truth at, at that moment? Because she is also prolonging Mary Carlson's coming out period and she wants to be out. Now, there's obviously the whole thing of Mary Carlson shouldn't be pressuring somebody to come out for her um, if they're not <clears throat> ready to or for whatever reason. But in this scenario, do you think she should have told her? Because I can't tell. One minute I'm like, she should have told her the truth. She absolutely should not have lied. She, If they were going to be in this small town together and going to be queer, they should have been a bit more honest. And obviously, like, they're in a fucking relationship. So, like, you know, but they're teenagers, so we'll let them off. Um, But, I, but then at the other time, I'm like, she is not obligated to spout her personal business to somebody that she doesn't really know just yet. They were like two weeks together and Mary Carlson was like, I want to tell everybody I love you. So I'm conflicted. So I think there's 
I'm, I'm, I'm very much the type of person that you can't force somebody to come out when they don't want to. Yes. Like, that is not, that's nobody's right. Right. I also think that someone who's not ready to come out should not stay with someone who is. That's yes. also how I feel about it. They should not be in a relationship. I don't think, what's her name? Mary Carlson? Yeah. I don't think she should have been as pushy as someone who wasn't ready to come out when I was younger and, and had feelings for somebody who was very adamant about how things were going to work out well for us and that I was not going to get found out again and that yeah. she loved me and she was like ready for it, even though her family was also very religious and she knew my family was very religious. She felt like we could be together in secret and nobody would find out. Like that was like her way of viewing it was, and I, every single time I thought about even crossing that line felt like I was going to die. So, and, oh. and it felt really bad. It felt, it, it felt terrible, you know, cause I definitely wasn't ready to pursue this relationship, but I also unfortunately wasn't mature enough to let that person go, you know? And so, yeah. so she had feelings for me. I had feelings for her, but I didn't want to cross that line, but I kept her there because, I don't know, 18, 19-year-old Lena is selfish. And you like the attention of a pretty woman. <laughs> yes, yes. yes. Uh, it took me a long time to realize that that was, that was very wrong of me. Um, but it was also, I felt very pressured. And so um, that's also not right, you know, pressuring somebody in that way especially when you know that the consequences are really heavy because at least in my case that person knew exactly what I had gone through uh when my mother first found out that I was gay yeah um and so you know I, I always disagree with people especially well actually just anyone who wants to force their partner to come out with them like um and I also don't think that people should stay together if they're at different times now as for the truth of what What's her name? Juliana? Joanna. Joanna. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lena's not very good with names. It's not her forte. So. <laughs> it's not her strong point, guys. About Joanna telling her the truth. I think that there was no need for her to lie. Um, as two very religious people, especially in the, in the Christian religion, um, honoring our parents is a huge thing. You know, that's how our parents kind of manipulate everything we do. For sure. We need to represent them and we need to honor them and we need to live basically to please them. That's just kind of the Christian way. But like cats uh, to if, the Egyptians. Oh no, the, if, the Egyptians to the cats. The other way around. Yeah, if if you if you disappoint them, then you're not honoring them, right? And so Ugh. I can understand uh Joanna's desire to not disappoint her father, especially being a practicing Christian and a gay Christian at that because I, I, I and I'm and I'm just speculating here I don't I don't I used to identify as Catholic for a long time and then I was just kind of like oh, I'm just spiritual and I used to carry a, a, a Jesus um, cross around my neck but then recently I've just kind of been I'm just gonna kind of separate from Christianity just for myself Uh, so I'm not currently like a practicing Christian, a queer person that's also Christian. I'm not, I'm not one of those people. But the way that I think about it is that she probably feels like her father accepting her and knowing who she is and still loving her for that is as much love and kind of uh, 
disappointment, I guess you could say that she could offer her father and, and still have him love her and accept her, you know? Yeah. And so he's already doing her in quotations a favor um, by still loving her and knowing her truth and accepting her. So she doesn't want to push the boundary by also disappointing him and doing the opposite of what he asked her to do. So I get that, but I feel like, especially in a relationship, when you love somebody, um and you care about each other there should be that open communication of yeah. like hey i'm gay i've been gay my dad knows i'm gay but my dad has asked me not to come out publicly because of these reasons and we can either do one of two things you can come out and be your true self and do what you want to be and us not be together or you can wait until it's an appropriate time for me to also come out and then we can yeah. come out together you yeah know? and so now, I don't think you should hold your other woman up. Like, if she wants to come out, then by all means, do so. You know, yes. that's what I'm saying. It, there's There's got to be communication and there's got to be a decision that's made of how how are we going to go about this? And is it, is it the correct thing for us to stay together through this? Um, and, and I mean, obviously, this is teenagers. And I'm, I'm like asking <laughs> teenagers to make adults decisions and <laughs> yeah well these are things that you learn through like relationship experience i do i should mention though that joanna did eventually um leave mary carson so that she could come out but that was not of her own accord it was actually dana who's mad's a brush and like <laughs> she's just completely chaotic as a person but then became like the voice of reason through the middle of the book. And I was like, what is happening? <laughs> what the fuck is this? How did that person become this person? Like, what? Um, so yeah. she does give her that room. Um, now, that's halfway through the book. There's a shitload more to go to it. But I don't want to give too many spoilers because it's a good book. Okay. So I'd rather people read it. But she does give her that room. But... Not not off her own back. It was Dana who was like, bitch. And I and when I say she spoke like that, I'm pretty sure that these are her exact words. She was like, that's not fucking right. You can't fucking do that. Like, get your head out of your ass sort of thing. Because um, she's very, like, straightforward. Um, but I I do think those are things that you learn sort of as you go through different relationships and especially as you develop through your queerness mm -hmm. um, and the longer you're out and the more you experience like um, the constant coming out thing and dating people who are either just out or not out or have been out for however many years like you learn those things that you know it's not appropriate to push somebody out the door um, but it's also not appropriate to keep somebody in. Yeah. Um, but I guess if you can communicate properly and come to a decision of like waiting for the right time for both of you and that you're both okay with that, um, mm -hmm. then I, I'm it's it's fine. Like so long as you, the the both of you are in communication about that and you're fine with it, then that's yeah. fine. But to like put the pressure on and especially in the like Mary Carlson is very like She's just very straightforward and it kind of gives me back <laughs> of the knee sweat. Like, 
Yeah, yeah, no, and running into people that are like that, especially when you're first trying to be, accept yourself because, they, you know, we talk, talk about coming out all the time, but there's there's one thing of, of us figuring out how we're going to deal with society and the people outside of us, but it's a completely, a completely different thing figuring out how we accept ourselves and how we deal with our queerness. Um, and so... I, I mean, I that's I went through that, you know, in high school it, with two different people that were very adamant that, like, we were going to be together and it didn't matter what. And uh, one of them wanted me to make all of these sacrifices to be with her. And then the other one was like, it's fine. We can just do it in secret. I just love you and I just want to be with you. And it was very intense and it was it was it was hard. And I hurt, you know, people in that situation. And it's 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 difficult when you're a teenager and you're feeling your emotions so heightened Um, yeah and like on like (laughs) on the outside of your body it's not even like internal it's all very much on the surface yeah it's very it's very intense and so you don't really have the maturity at that point to really talk through those things or to fully figure it out especially because the way that we experience love is very immature yeah um it, it comes with <laughs> things stuff like well if you love me then you would be ready to come out with me you know like it, it comes with those type of yeah. expectations and it's like it takes it takes a few years and as at least I was going through different relationships to yeah fully understand that we outside of every other struggle that heterosexual people experience in their relationships we also struggle with how we go about coming out and yeah. coming out as a couple or coming out individually and who we tell and how we tell them. And so um, that's an, an additional layer that like teenagers already struggle with dealing with relationships. And then you add the fact that they're queer on top of that. And you can't I mean, teenagers dealing with being teenagers in the first place is a whole other fucking kettle of fish. Like being yeah. a teenager <laughs> is a pain in the ass. What? But, being being a teenager, being te- oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a pain. Yes, it's it certainly was a pain in the fucking ass for me. Um, yeah, like you're you're obviously like in a relationship. You're a couple partnership together, Grant. But your queerness and your experience of your queerness is very individual, yeah. and you should allow each other to experience that individually. Because everybody's situation is very different. Everybody's acceptance, like their self-acceptance of their queerness is very different. Um, And we should give each other the space to navigate that on our own. Yes, you're a partnership and communicate through those things. Like you should, if, if it's a healthy relationship or you want it to be, you can communicate through your experience and through your navigation of your queerness. But at no point is my queerness yours and at no point is your queerness mine. You know, it, it's sort of the same as when you say to me that you would never put me in a situation where I had to be around your mother. Yeah. Because it would be a very hostile environment and you don't think yeah. that that's right for... For you to put me in that situation because Uh -uh. she's your mother, you know what she's like, you know how hurtful she can be and it's it's unnecessary to put me in that position or expect me to be in that position and vice versa. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't put you in a position where I knew somebody was homophobic or (laughs) racist Um, 
you know, so it it's it kind of goes hand in hand that hand in hand with that. Um it, just because you're in a partnership does not mean you have to experience your queerness at the same rate or in the same way. Mm-hmm. It's 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 entirely yep. different. Mm-hmm. But actually on that exact point, Dana gets upset with Joe for agreeing to be straight. Um and she gets upset with how easily Joanna kind of falls into the role and how easy things are for her because she's done that, right? Yeah. And I I don't know if I've said this before on the podcast, but I'm gonna say it now. I have had so many situations where I'm not um very welcome in queer spaces because of how feminine I can be. Mm-hmm. A lot of queer women don't think I'm too feminine to be in a queer space, but then I'm too queer to be in a straight in a heterosexual space. And mm-hmm. so there's this argument or this kind of tension that comes with queer women um and their sort of and the sort of tension between them and very feminine queer women because obviously I reap a lot of benefits from the way that I present input like at home shorts and a t-shirt baseball socks grand I love gays gays whatever but outside I'm a lot more feminine and people tend to assume very swiftly if anybody's been on my twitter recently um I've had to I've (laughs) People assume I'm straight very quickly. I've had to correct so many people in the last month. It's actually like, it's Pride Month, so it's mildly homophobic that I've had to do it. Um, but that happens quite often. And it, it it just hits the point that Dana gets upset with Joe for reaping the benefits of a, of a heterosexual person, even though she's queer. And she gets really like upset with her. She says she's a traitor. She's like throwing her band of sapphics behind and like completely like disregarding them or disrespecting them and I get that feeling so often when I'm in queer spaces because I, I don't know why queer women get so upset with me and it's because I was in a gay bar and some dude came up to me and he was like you're the straightest person in this room and I was like that's not fucking true <laughs> well anyway but it, it happens where like um, especially women like Dana, um, the way they present get upset with with those situations. Yeah. I mean, I've also experienced that, uh, going to yeah. a gay club and then getting hit on by the only man, the only straight man <laughs> in the vicinity. <laughs> in a 10-mile um, radius. <laughs> yeah, and this was shortly after, like, coming out publicly. So, like, yeah, it's just, it's weird. Um, yeah. I think, I think, in, in a situation like Dana and and Joanna, I think Dana just doesn't fully understand why Joanna is doing what she's doing, you know? Yeah. And, and whether Joanna's going to be ashamed of herself for doing that or is going to regret doing that, only time will tell, you know? Like, later on, she might look back at those years and say, man, I really shouldn't have done that. But as a kid who is who has been taught to do things to take care of their of their father and especially a father who has been married three times it's like 
how can I make this easier for him? You know, my dad yeah. asked me, who loves me and accepts me, asks me to do something for him. And yeah, as I said, the safety that comes with that, where you don't really have to worry so much about what you do and who you do it with and what people are thinking about you, like it does make it somewhat easier. And I mean, I don't really think that there's very many people who are queer who can say that high school was easy for them. No, no. Nope especially the ones that were like openly queer and so no yeah it makes it makes sense that there was a bit of ease for her in doing that for Joanna and and I and I understand where people like Dana would come from um but just because we struggle and you know I'm someone who presents very masculine um and so just because people discriminate against me or I see the, the, the way that men treat me differently depending on how I'm wearing and things like that. And, and just because I know that somebody can look at me and pinpoint that I'm gay and it puts a bit of a target on me, doesn't mean that every single person who identifies as queer or, or sapphic also needs to put a target on their back, you know, like yeah. there's no there's no aesthetic for being gay. Um, and and I mean, ten women are hot, so like, I don't know. <laughs> the problem is. This is Lena's type, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she's monogamous and taken, so don't write that down. It's <laughs> <laughs> <so are> you. <laughs> <laughs> like that. The, Lena said something to me. Oh, she said, oh, this girl, Ali, just sent me a message on Instagram. And I was like, who the fuck is she? And I got so annoyed, but it was me. She she was me. I, it was me. She was talking about me, but I got so annoyed real quick. I was like, who is this bitch? But it was just me. <laughs> yes, no, I am happily taken. I genuinely was like, yes, happily married. We're not married. <laughs> We're not married. Not yet. No, not yet. <laughs> ah wishful thinking um but yeah I had a lot of like ooh side note there is a lot obviously Rome Georgia is a small town as it's been depicted I wouldn't fucking know I've never been there um but I'm making the assumptions because that's what the author tells me and for anybody who lives in Georgia you probably know but um and obviously it's supposed to be very religious and they're very against being gay and stuff like that and so there's quite a bit of homophobic language in it the d word comes up i think once um Mm. which was very uncomfortable for me to read i really i i know a lot of sapphics use that word and they're okay with it and they're comfortable with it but i whoa it just gives me so many nasty feelings in my body and so it was very difficult for me to read a lot of the words that were used in it um like the homophobic slurs that were used so do be mindful of that when you're reading it because when they came up I was a bit taken aback and I was like whoa ah! and yeah. it took me a minute to like come around because the d word is like pretty normal for suffix to use now but when like we were teenagers it was like derogatory it's very aggressive yeah Yeah. so do note that ever so gently if you do go to read it but I I just had a lot of like my moral compass was just 
going 90 the entire time I was reading it because I was like, I get it, but I don't get it. <laughs> um, but the reason I didn't delve too much into information about the book was because I thought the topic of, you know, religion versus um the queer community is something that I know there's a lot of queer people who are religious who feel like they aren't necessarily understood or accepted by the rest of the queer community because they still um have their faith and they still work through their faith and and stuff like that and obviously there's a lot of queer people who have a very bitter taste in their mouth naturally because religion says yeah no bueno it, no it's it's really hard to to try and yeah. and when when something causes you so much hurt while you're trying to heal and accept yourself and love yourself and not see yourself the way that you've been depicted or the way that you're portrayed by an entire, what is that? Not even group of people, but a entity like itself. Yes. Yeah. It's a whole thing. You know, it's really hard to, to stay embraced with your Christian faith. And, um, I, I, I do believe that, you know, what we're put here on this earth to do is to love each other and, and be as kind and loving to each other as we as we can be and uh, to help each other. Um, and that's probably the only teaching mm-hmm. that I take away with me from, from being raised Catholic and having been a Christian for, for so many years. But yeah. Um, for me, for me, it's difficult. For me, I don't feel accepted. I don't feel safe around Christian people, and so um, it's it's difficult. But I, I I am so happy that there are other people who are part of the gay community, the LGBTQIA plus community, that can embrace their Christianity and that do feel so accepted and loved and and can participate in their faith. Yeah, I think that's beautiful. I think that's wonderful. Um, yeah, it's not. It's not but you know I think it's it's a great thing to have when you when you can uh still hold on to that and we know the comfort that having a religion like that comes with having religion yeah Yeah, like I I it was one of the things that kept me like gave me a lot of comfort when my grand passed away because she was very religious now she was Mm -hmm. she moved with the times lads like <laughs> if society changed, she changed with it, but she kept her faith, and that was <laughs> that was something that gave me a lot of comfort when she passed, and so I can understand why the the comfort that it brings. Um, and like you, I don't necessarily subscribe to it much anymore. I would be more of a universe kind of person now more than anything else but there are Mm -hmm. moments where I do still find myself um having a conversation with my faith um Mm -hmm. and with whoever it's supposed to be that's listening Mm -hmm. um but it it doesn't comfort me anymore to be part of a a larger organized religion per se. But that's why I yeah. wanted to have that discussion because these two girls keep their faith and they stick yeah. in their religion and you know not to spoil anything, but it doesn't end up too bad. And so, yeah. 
you know, that's that's a very real thing for a lot of people. And we don't talk about it very often. We mostly just get we annoyed don't. at religion. So. Yeah, we don't really see we don't really see people who can be happily no. gay and also happily Christian. And, and I do think that that's very important to see because there are a lot yeah. of people in our community who are openly gay and, and Christian. Like, yes, or uh, any religion, really. And stuff. So, yeah. So, yeah. So I think that's a really important thing. Yeah, I yeah, and especially with the way certainly my country is moving at the minute, like I think it's something that needs to be spoken about more, and we need to queer people of any stature, any religion, any race, whatever, should feel comfortable in the queer community at the very least, um, Mm -hmm. regardless. And I mean, I don't actually have. Um, well, I suppose I do. I have maybe one friend who's still very involved in her religion in certain ways, but also not in in other ways. Um, mm-hmm. but for the most part, I don't have any friends who are involved in their religion. And for me, when I was reading this, I was like, shit, like we're not all annoyed. <laughs> we're not all annoyed at organized religions. Some of us are still yeah. involved in it, and. Mm-hmm. none of us acknowledge that um yeah so it was interesting and I wanted to get in that discussion instead of delving too much into the book because I do actually want people to read the book because it's quite good um because there's one there's one character and I think her name is is her name Beth let me see, I have it noted down here <clears throat> yeah her name's Betsy she's absolutely hilarious filthy bitch <laughs> absolutely filthy I always love somebody's like really religious and like uh very gentle and like part of like a community where like everything's on the dl and there's somebody there that's like nah fuck this i'm gonna say how it is absolutely <laughs> love her there's a line in it where she says something about a bush and it's very like innuendo heavy pissed myself laughing loved her so there's there's a lot of like re- there's a lot of like really good humor in it there's a lot of really good conversations about family and religion and society and being queer and so it's and the diversity in it is unbelievable there's a lot of people of color in it there's obviously we have btb who is um i think on the spectrum and from what i gathered with the way people talk about him he is on the spectrum but they just think he's um unfortunately challenged is sort of the way it's yeah, yeah. Um, it's the south it's the south uh, yeah I know we don't have one of those. Ireland's so small that the south is like an hour away, <laughs> <laughs> so we get to influence each other. Um, but yeah, the the cast is the the cast. It's not a TV show, guys. If I'm watching First Kill, <laughs> just want to put that in there. So my brain is like queer TV mode right now. If you haven't watched First Kill, you should definitely. I still haven't watched the last two episodes because I'm a nut job and I don't watch the last episode of any show unless I know there's more um what was he saying who knows Juliet and Calliope that's all I care about that there's (laughs) that there's a lot of diversity yes there is yeah in the characters not the cast (laughs) not the cast not TV show Netflix pick it up um but it's really funny and it's really um diverse and it starts a lot of conversations it started a lot of like internal dialogue with myself, which I wasn't entirely comfortable with, but that's for a therapy session. But I still think it was a good read. I liked it. Like it was funny and it was um 
kind of had Kara Smith vibes in the sense of like it wasn't it had really good moments of like humor in the right places but it dealt with a lot of like heavy family stuff but in in a gentle way and in a in an mm-hmm. open sort of airy way and um, which is what Kira does with her with her books and that's one of the reasons I love her books is that um you deal with a lot of big stuff and real stuff but in a in a more light-hearted way and that's the way um this book is written and it's it's nice it starts conversations in a very with a gentle nudge um, what's the author's name uh, J. Robin Brown. J. Robin Brown. I posted that it. Oh my god, I'm famous. I posted the book <laughs> on my on my Instagram, and immediately she posted it on her story. And I was like, I only just posted this. You don't know me. I don't know you. I've only just started reading this book. Like, episode's not even out yet. Love her. That's awesome. Absolutely amazing. <laughs> Great crack. Like. Now, I feel like we're bonded now without really knowing each other. You know what I mean? Um, but yes, um, uh, forbidden peaches. <laughs> <laughs> forbidden peaches, guys. <laughs> um, I am, oh, am going to do my writings. My, my writings are also morally fucked up. I wasn't sure about some of them. Um, okay. But I'm going to just go with it anyway. And you can tell me if you are vibing with me. Okay. Well, so, I haven't read it, so... Yeah, but just based off, (laughs) Lena would support me if I said that I was going to be a dustbin for the rest of my life. She'd be like, "Yes, I'm with you." Um, I actually forgot what my what my categories were today when I was doing the writings. I was like, "Oh my god, what the fuck do I do?" And then I remembered that they're stuck on my wall. Um, so it's plot, character development, story development relatability stereotypes so if you're new related everything's marked out five and then we round it up at the end and divide by five math it's plot development no plot story development character development relatability stereotypes it's gonna say stereotypical so it's l5 and the higher the number the better so if stereotypes is five l5 there was no stereotypes yeah, I made I made so many boo boos last season with this one. <laughs> like, I just completely maths is not my thing, lads. Right? I just I actually I'm gonna tell you what they are, and then I'm gonna tell you the story about how I got to this fucking number. So for plot, I did three out of five. Okay. Because I was morally conflicted, so that's very personal. Um, okay. Character development was a four out of five because. It starts really slow and it takes ages to get to it, but good God, when it gets to it, it's great. Um, story development is a three, and the reason it's a three is because of the pace of it. Um, okay. It doesn't really get going until um, like past the middle of it, and that was my only <laughs> thing there. And as we all know, I don't have any fucking patience. Um, relatability was a four out of five. There's a lot. About Joanna, Dana and Mary Carlson, that's very relatable to like all queer people. And especially mm-hmm. Mary Carlson, who's like super ready to like tell everybody. Um, but the person that she's with doesn't isn't ready. And so there's a lot of there's a lot of relatability there. Um okay. yeah, stereotypes I gave a three out of five. The reason it's a little lower is because Dana's very stereotypical and I wasn't there's sort of always one of her in every queer book just one of her in every queer space but it the way they're written is very like 
just horny fuckers. Now, yeah. you find out further into the book that there's a lot more to Dana. Yeah. But it takes a really long time for you to see that. And so when you're reading it, you think she's just, she just thinks we're her vag. Um, yeah, which I, I think the hard part about that is that it, they always make it seem like that's the epitome of, of queerness. Or, and it's not, yeah. at least I don't, yeah. I don't think that it is. But <laughs> No, the epitome my, of queerness. personal opinion. There, there's no real epitome of queerness because every queer person is different. And queer is a, sort of an umbrella term. Um, but that gives a 17 out of 5, which gives me, was 3.4? 3.4, yes. That would be oh, I thought you were going to say 3.5, and I was like, ah, oh, fuck's sake. Like, what's the point of me doing this? 3.4 <laughs> yeah, out of 5. Which is like. 17 points divided by 5, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I had to push it, I would push it more towards the 4. But I was being particularly harsh because of the way it fucked my moral compass. Mm-hmm. And that's why I was being a little bit harsher. So I would. I would push it more towards a four than a three. Um, but I was trying to, earlier on when I was adding it together, it got 15, right? And so right. 15 divided by five is pretty simple. It's three. But I, right, you would think. But I looked at that and I went, 15 divided by five, I don't know how to fucking do that. And I got out my calculator. <laughs> and then I got the answer and I was like, for fuck's sake. I, <laughs> last week... <laughs> And we were organising a Father's Day present and Lena and my sister were um, going in on it with me. Like with the three of us were paying for it and it was 30 euro. And I said to Lena, I don't know how to divide 30 into three. And she was like, it's 10. And I was like, oh my God. Like my level of confidence, my mathematic ability isn't actually that bad, but my confidence in my mathematic ability is in the jacks like it's absolutely down this one and I loved it I was sitting here by myself earlier doing it and I was like doing the the ratings <laughs> it was like 15 divided by 5 who the fuck knows somebody bring in a math somebody bring in a mathematician because I'm not going to be able to do this and then I used my calculator actually didn't use my calculator originally went to the clock on my phone <laughs> as most people do (laughs) then I went to the weather app and realised that the weather was not going to help me calculate the numbers (laughs) so it was guys the ratings for me are a really big deal and they really affect my confidence levels um it's okay okay, baby (laughs) episode one season two is finished how how wild is this like sitting on my bed one day a, nearly a year ago and was like Lena I think I'm going to do a podcast what do you reckon and now we're like season two yeah that's awesome and you're still here thanks she hasn't left I, me I'm, and I'm always gonna be she hasn't left me um <laughs> yeah it's mad and it, it took me so long to go get back into the flow but I was sitting here for a good 10 minutes like <laughs> like heavy breathing into it shitting myself as if I hadn't done like 14 episodes for the last season <laughs> also mad props to Kara and Claire for just being like yeah for it we'll be on this <laughs> this random podcast with this random Irish bitch like no worries <laughs> not that that's weird for Kara because she is Irish but you know what I'm saying um, <laughs> but oh my god I was like half an hour 40 minutes will be done. It's been an hour. No worries. Anyway, I appreciate you doing this with me again. 
It's my pleasure. I love it when you have me. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> I feel like that was dirty. <laughs> the cheeky I, laugh. I almost said, have me over. And then I was like, wait, I'm not over. And then I was just like, have me on. And then I was like, she's been dirty. She's been dirtier. So then I just giggle. <laughs> um, on that note, my next episode is going to be um, One Last Stop by Casey McQuiston. Um, that's going to be the next episode. Um, I don't know what date that is, but I know it's in two weeks. Um, so yeah, <laughs> if you've read that book, if you've read the one that we've just discussed and you have things to say about the stuff that we've just discussed, please let me know. Um, you can leave uh, comments on Spotify or on, the, on Instagram or Twitter. You can send me messages. Um, yeah, I'll see you in two weeks. Bye, everybody. <laughs> You've been listening to What Would Sappho Say? Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at www.sappho.say. And please don't be afraid to leave a comment and let us know what you think of the series and or the books that we're covering. We're always happy to have other people's opinions on board. And please don't forget that when you're buying your next queer novel, ask yourself, what would Sappho say?